0: Good morning, morning. grace and peace to you, when you are afflicted. of the body, realize how frail you are, that we are but dust, and we are sustained here by Almighty God, and uh, how frustrating it can be, trying to sing this morning, and it just didn't work very well, but it's great to see every one of you, Uh, thank you Mike for the prayer, And uh, we will, with the Lord's help, get through the lesson. We're going to talk about being uh, true friends or real friends. And uh, not only that we have a Friends Day today and inviting friends to come be with us, but just thinking about today's culture and uh, the way we do our business and go about things we have people that we call friends, but do we really have friends? You know, we've got friends on social media everywhere. Uh, befriend me. Be my friend. We have uh, acquaintances at the bank, at the market, or whatever. We have co-workers and schoolmates and so forth, that we might call friends. We have neighbors that we might call friends. But are they really friends? And are you a friend to them? And in saying that, and here's my question, if we're in deep trouble or they're in deep trouble, how many people will we stand with and really help out or will they come and help us out? You know, if you lost your job, would they help you pay your bills? All these social media friends out there, if you put out the word, I lost my job, I owe $1,000. How many of them would, would help you out? How many of them would you help out? What would happen happen if your car blew up and you didn't have a car and you needed a car to get to work? Would they lend you one? Would they uh, give you rides? Are they really friends? What if you had a heart attack or cancer and were in the hospital? And then you got home and you were in rehab, would Would they bring meals? Would they come and help take care of things at your house? Are they really your friends? Are you friends to people like that? What if their marriage fell apart? Would you comfort them and encourage them, or would you kind of back off? You know, sometimes we back off from people. say, "Oh, They they must be tainted. They they did something bad, and we we don't want anything to do with them because of their marriage. It didn't work out. It's somewhat surprising. I don't know if you've ever studied friends or friendship in Scripture. But the Bible has an awful lot to say about friendship. It really does. It's kind of surprising to me about how to be real friends. As we would expect... Any relationship, we're talking husbands and wives, we talked about husbands and wives last week, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and so forth and so on, true, good, solid relationships are built on love. That's the foundational characteristic of any good friendship, any good relationship. It's love. And we're not even talking about, even with husbands and wives, the romantic thing we're talking about a love that will sacrifice, a love that will give, a love that will put aside its own needs and come to help out someone else who is in need. That's what we're talking about. So today in our lesson, we want to take a look at a true friendship, and that is the one of David and Jonathan uh, in the Old Testament. And... Uh, just to see some characteristics here of that. Look at a couple passages in Proverbs that talk about being friends and kind of challenge us. Uh, Are we really friends? Do we have friends? Do we want to be friends? If we say we're a friend to somebody, are we really their friend? Let's go to 1 Samuel 17 and bear with me. I'm just going to work through some of these incidences in the relationship between Jonathan and David. As I was studying this out, it really came home to me that this relationship, this friendship was actually begun by Jonathan and it was really sustained by Jonathan. That isn't to say David didn't have his part, but this friendship really revolves around Jonathan and his love for David. 1 Samuel 17 and 55. And this is early on in uh, the story. David has just slain Goliath, okay? He's gone out there, faced the giant with his sling and his stones, and he brought him down and brought glory to Israel, and the Philistines were routed. And we pick it up here, it says, Now when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Whose son is this young man? And Abner said, By your life, O king, I do not know. And the king said, Inquire whose son this is. So when David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the Philistine's head in his hand. Here's this young shepherd boy. He's just conquered this this giant He's got his head in his hand. He's standing before the king. Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He identifies himself. And it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that that was on him, gave it to David with his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. There was just something here about David that caused Jonathan to love him. Uh, it might have been his courage here, understanding what he had done for Israel and going out against the giant. Uh, David's faith, because he said, you know, it's not about me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Uh, his boldness to do that. He still had to be bold to do that. Just his sincerity, his authenticity, a genuine person. Whatever it was and all those things and many more, that this just captivated Jonathan. Just. Almost immediately, just uh, he loved him as his own self. And we have to understand here that Jonathan was next in line to be king. He was Saul's oldest son. But he, what does he do? He takes off the robe that he has. He takes off his uh, armor, his sword, his bow, his belt. It's like He is conceding to David that, David, you are worthy to be king. And we know that David had been anointed to be king. So Jonathan here is really stepping aside in favor of David, that he might be king. But it's not just because of, you know, that David was anointed. But it's because of what he saw in David, and he's just knit to him, he just loves him. They make a covenant. We're not told here exactly what the terms of that were. But covenants were usually a life and death type arrangement. And we're going to see later on uh, some of the words from one of those covenants. That, you know, if I don't keep this covenant with you, my promises to you that I'll be your friend or whatever, uh, come to your help whenever there's a need, then may I die. A lot of times these covenants were... Uh, put into place by sacrificing an animal. And they were really saying, as this animal has died for us to make this covenant, if I don't keep the words of this covenant, may I die as well? Just like this sheep or goat or whatever it was. Well, it's one thing to say your friend, but then what happens, as we say, when things go south? Let's turn to... 1 Samuel 19. What happens here, uh, if you've been studying with us in uh, Bible class, Saul, who is king, gets very nervous about David. He gets very jealous of David because David is prospering. David is looking good in the eyes of the people. David is doing these great things with the army. And Saul's getting very nervous, you know, that, that uh, David is going to take his place. Now, David had a couple of opportunities to kill Saul, but he didn't. He says, that's the Lord's anointed. I'll never do that. But Saul could never get it into his head that David did not want Saul out of the way. So Saul here turns on David out of jealousy. And this is even after he has given him his daughter. He's given him his daughter, his wife. Now Saul told Jonathan, his son, and all his servants to put David to death. But Jonathan, Saul's son, greatly delighted in David, as we saw. So Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, is seeking to put you to death. Now, therefore, please be on guard in the morning and stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out, stand beside my father in the field where you are, speak with my father about you. If I find out anything, I will tell you. Jonathan is kind of taking his life in his own hands. Because Saul has said, I want David dead. And Jonathan is going to try to persuade his father to go back on his word and and rescind that order. Verse 4, then Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul. His father said to him, do not let the king sin against his servant David. Since he has not sinned against you and since his deeds have been very beneficial to you. For he took his life in his hand, struck the Philistine. The Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood by putting David to death without a cause? A good argument, a truthful argument. And in fact, this is one of the few times that Saul listens to to a good argument and listens to truth. He listens to wisdom and says, Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan and vowed, As the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. So then Jonathan called David and told him, My father has changed his mind, so to speak. So uh, that took a lot of boldness. And what we see here, that Jonathan intercedes for David. David's life was in danger. He was going to be killed. And Jonathan sides with David. And over in Proverbs 17... 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So there's a key thing there about friends. A friend loves at all times. Even though David's life was in danger by the king who was Jonathan's own father, Jonathan still loved David. He was not afraid to go to his father and plead his case. So if we want to be a friend, if our friend falls on hard times, we want to still love them. We want to go and help them. We want to encourage them, whatever that situation is. And if you have someone that says they're your friend and you fall on hard times, a difficult situation and problems, and they say, I don't have anything to do with you or I don't want to help out, then you really have to think, are they really my friend? I mean, we're talking about true friendship here. We're not just talking about casual acquaintances or somebody you get together and go to the football game with. We're talking about someone you can rely on when life's troubles come along. They're really your friend. And you're really a friend to them. A friend loves at all times. Well, let's go to 1 Samuel 20. Saul kind of goes back on his word. And we saw when we studied through here that Saul was troubled by an evil spirit. And even though there he says that David will not die, he, he still seeks his life. He goes back on his word, the word that he gave to Jonathan. And so I'm in 1 Samuel 20. And verse 12. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, if there is a good feeling toward David, shall I not then send to you and make it known to you? Again, the word had gone out from Saul I want David dead. If it please my father to do you harm, may the Lord do so to Jonathan and more also, if I do not make it known to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. Notice what Jonathan says. I'm going to go sound out my father again. He's put out this order. He wants you dead. And he says, may the Lord do so to me if I don't let you know what my father says, be it good or evil. He was being a true friend. In 14 he says, if I am still alive, will you not show me the loving kindness of the Lord that I may not die? He was really thinking that his father might kill him when he went again in to plead for David. If I am still alive. I don't think any of us have really been tested with this kind of a friendship. That someone's life was... Uh, on the line here, and if you went to be with them, that you might die with them. But this shows us the extent of true friends, this extent of love. When we say we're someone's friend, that we are willing to do whatever needs to be done to encourage and to help that person. Notice in 15, you should not cut off your loving kindness from my house forever. Not even when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying that the Lord required at the hands of David's enemies. This is a a thing about the consequence would be death. That David's enemies would require it, Jonathan is saying here, if uh, you don't take care of my household, after I'm gone, if I die in this whole situation. This is serious stuff. This is something that, like I said, this kind of friendship is lost on us today. We have these casual acquaintances and things, things on social media, but we don't even know people. And we don't even know if they really know us. This was a friendship to the death based upon Jonathan's love for David and the covenants they made. Jonathan made David vow again because of his love for him, because he loved him as he loved his own life. Brings to mind the second commandment, second great commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jonathan really took that to heart, didn't he? He was really taking it to heart. When David was in need, he went, he didn't care about himself, he put his life, as we say, on the line whenever he went in to his father. Let's go to Proverbs 18. Verse 24. A man of too many friends comes to ruin. Interesting thought. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think that's kind of what we're talking about. You know, we got friends here, friends there, friends everywhere, but are they really friends? But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Adversity tests friendship. Adversity tests any relationship, doesn't it? Husbands and wives, brothers and sisters have a problem in the church. Parents and children. Adversity tests these relationships. Adversity tests friendships. We find out who really our friends are when we're in need and if we're really a friend to someone. Or what we've been saying is just words, you know. it's are just words. 1 Samuel 23, David is on the run. He's found out, you know, Saul wants his life. He's got he's to flee. He flees to caves. He flees to different places, the wilderness. He's on the constant run now from Saul until Saul is taken out of the way. 1 Samuel 23, 15. David became aware, Saul had come out to seek his life, while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horesh and encouraged him in God. Notice, David's out there in the wilderness, you know, wherever. And Jonathan says in his own mind, I'm thinking, David needs encouraged because he's out there, he's just with this ragtag group of guys, running for his life I got to be with my friend I got to encourage him thus he said to him do not be afraid because the hand of Saul my father will not find you and you will be king over Israel and I will be next to you and Saul my father knows that also and the two of them made a covenant before the Lord and David stayed at Eresh while Jonathan went to his house there is another covenant there is another pledge of the two that they would, no matter what happened in life, they would take care of one another. No, Proverbs twenty-seven nine. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. When we have trouble, when we need guidance, when we need help, true friend comes alongside and says, you know what, Jeff? I think this is what you need to do. I'm here to help you. Don't be afraid. God is with you. You know, sometimes we sink down. The the troubles come. We think God doesn't love us anymore. We wonder where God is. And we need, you know, we need the encouragement from God, but sometimes that encouragement comes in a body of flesh, doesn't it? it comes in the form of a person and how sweet that is when someone comes and says i know i'm here i want to help you don't be afraid sometimes when people have adversity we kind of mentioned this earlier we we kind of back away and said we i don't want to bother them now you know you ever do that they're they're having trouble now let's not let's not uh, go over to their house or make a phone call they got too much on their plate that is the time when people need encouraged it doesn't have to be a long call it doesn't have to be a long visit but people need encouraged when they're in the throes of pain and trouble and heartache and if we're true friends we won't be afraid just to call and say hey I'm praying for you I'm praying for you that all will be well True friends do these kinds of things. Well, things did not end well for Jonathan. He remained true to his father, and they died in a battle at the hand of the Philistines. But David did not forget what Jonathan had done for him in his life and how he would encouraged him and even saved his life at least twice, on two occasions. And in 2 Samuel 1, David wrote a psalm, as is recorded for us here, a lament over the passing, the deaths of Saul and Jonathan. And I'm not going to read it all, but I want to read verses 25 and 26 as we see David's response kind of to all of what Jonathan did for him. How the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? Jonathan is slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. <clears throat> your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. That's not romantic love <clears throat> excuse me as some have tried to suggest but that's the love we're talking about the sacrificial love that Jonathan gave of his own life for David and to David putting another person ahead of, ahead of yourself at the expense of your own loss your own disadvantage that's a true friend. David did not forget it. And he mourned the passing of Jonathan. We want to wrap up in John 15. I pray our thoughts today about friendship have been helpful and encouraging. That, am I a true friend? When I see someone that I claim as a friend in need, do I really try to help them out? Or do I stay away? It's a question we all need to answer. And believe me, today in today's world, we need friends, don't we? We really need friends. But thank you, Don, for leading the song. Of all, as we would say, the old songs, it's probably one of my favorites. What a friend we have in Jesus. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another... Just as I have loved you. Wow, what a a call. What a challenge, right? To love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus, of course, laid down his life, as Mike talked about, around the table the focus of our worship. He called his disciples friends. I think he calls us friends. He says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. And I think the point there is that it's no longer what we want to do. It's no longer what we want to do with our lives. When we do what Jesus commands, we are humbling ourselves and accepting him and him as not only as our Lord and Savior, but as our friend, that we want to love him like he loved us, so we'll do what he wants us to do. It's amazing that our God came here in the flesh, emptied himself, took on this body of dust, calls us brothers, calls us friends, that's unprecedented in the world. If you look at the gods of the pagans, they're not nothing like that at all. And it helps to assure us that our God loves us, that Jesus loves us, and we need not fear Him, only reverence Him and love Him in return. As we close out, if you want to respond to the Word this morning, to respond to Jesus, who is Savior and Lord of all who did lay down his life for every one of us. And in that sense, he's really calling us all friends, isn't he? Because he's willing to die that we might live. If you want to become a Christian, we can help you with that this morning. If you want to rededicate your life, we can help you with that. If you need prayer, we can also pray with you and pray for you. If you want to come this morning, please come while we stand and sing. Brother Don.